Be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like a man. Be strong. Your every action must be done with love. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you so much for such an amazing uh, week, uh, just the holiday season, getting to spend so much time with our families, uh, this church. Uh, Father, it was awesome to see uh, candlelight. Uh, me and Bojo were just talking about that. Just, um, Father, thank you for confirmation. Um, again, we, we have no doubt that, that you are in control of this entire church. But we love to continue to see, to get that confirmation that you continue to give us. Uh, I just praise you for that. Uh, Father, uh, for, for um, this sermon you've given me today, Father, I've, I've struggled with this. Um, it's, it's, it's hard for me to preach, but I need everybody in this room, all the men especially, to know I'm preaching at me. Uh, Father, this isn't just directed at them. This is also directed at me. Father, in this moment, Father, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, that you take all my nerves, my doubt, anger, Father, that you take that away from me and you replace it today, Father, with your boldness and most importantly, your love. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right, guys. For the next couple weeks, uh, we're going we're gonna to go back to this series that we preached. It's literally been two years ago now which is Warrior Family. We're not going to preach a six-week series like we did with that. Right now, we're looking at four weeks unless God changes it. But we're going to preach on uh, Warrior Wife, Warrior Father, Warrior Mother, and today, Warrior Husband. Um, I want to talk more on that base again today on husband because I feel like we need to start with that because as a husband, as a father, we are the spiritual leader of our home. We're the ones that need to be taking on all the pressure, all the battles, all the wars. So what better way to start, especially what better way to start 2023 than just beating up on us dads, right? Amen? Uh, for those of you guys that are single, uh, this is something that, that I look at a lot. Um, you know, what am I going to get out of this, Micah? Why are we preaching this warrior family series? I'm not a husband. I'm not a father. I'm not a wife. I'm not a mother. Well, guess what? Men... Take notes. This gives you what to shoot for. We're going to set that example for you. Ladies, take notes. Today, you'll know what kind of man you need to marry. Take those notes. If you're single, trust me, you'll get something out of this. I promise you. Some of you men may not have grown up with a great father figure. Some of you men may not have been in a church growing up and surrounded by godly men. Some of y'all may be struggling with setting the example of what a true warrior husband is supposed to be. Now, I can't change your past. I can't help you there. But what we can do is we can change your future. Amen. We can get you where God wants you to be, me and you both. 
And I also need all the other men in this room to understand, even if you did grow up with a great father, and even if you were here two years ago, and that series might have changed your life, and this, that, and the other, trust me, today, this is what I love about this, some of you may be sitting here thinking, I just heard this two years ago, and, and then not only that, Micah, you preach about it all the time, and so forth. Listen, getting prepared for this sermon, I broke down and cried like a baby. He humbled me tremendously. So don't walk in here with the pride of thinking that you have got this one figured out. Men, open your hearts and listen today. Amen? Excellent. There were two men on a plane. Uh, this, this, this guy gets on a plane. He's sitting in first class. Another man comes up, sits next to him. They get to talking and visiting. They're about halfway through the, the trip, you know, and, and one of the men looks down at the other one, and he notices that he's got a wedding ring on. But it's on his right hand and not his left hand. So they talk a little bit longer, and the other gentleman looks at the man with the ring on his right hand, and he says, are you married? He said, well, yes, I'm married. Why do you ask that? He said, well, you have your ring on the wrong hand. He said, no, I just married the wrong woman. <laughs> Guys, this is the typical husband of society. This typical husband blames his wife for all of his heartaches, his failures. But truth be told, his wife is probably just following the leadership of her husband or the lack thereof. Society has corrupted marriage. Society tries to tell us what a husband should be like. But here's what I need you to understand. A warrior husband takes the word of God and makes society adjust to him. That's what we have to do, men. Don't let society try and tell you how you're supposed to be. Don't let your friends try and tell you how you're supposed to be. There's a way that you're supposed to be. And it's taught in his word. We're going to go over that today. I want to go back and look at those verses that we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 13 through 14. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, act like a man, be strong. You, uh, your every action must be done with love. Now, what I did is I took this verse and I broke it down. I went ahead and put each line in this. If you could pull that up for me. Okay, be alert, number one. See, to me, that verse, that, that those two verses that we just read is the prime example of what a warrior husband should be. It's definitely the start of it, and I've got more to talk on, but definitely the start of this, this is how we should be. As a warrior husband, we should be alert. You should be alert of your wife's needs. You should be alert of, of uh, issues that she may be going through. You should know everything your spouse is dealing with. You should be alert. And here's the thing, men, and I need you to grasp this right now. If you're not alert, you need to understand Satan always is. He's always alert to your wife, trust me. Because we know this, we've taught this many times. Satan's number one job is to be a divider. And he wants to come between you and your wife more than anything. Because that's where the kingdom's built, right? So be alert. Be alert of the issues that your wife is going through. Stand firm in the faith. That's simple, guys. You stand firm on this right here. Simple as that. Simple as that. Stand firm on the word of God. Do not, as for me and my house, we're going to worship God. Amen? Stand firm on that. Act like a man. Okay, well, what's that mean? Act like a man. Step up. I mean, I guarantee you every man in this room at some point in his life has had that said to him. Act like a man. Step up when the time is there, okay? When there's a situation 
that you and your wife are going through or, or there's an attack that's coming, stand up and be a man. That's, it's time. You know what I'm saying? It's time to be a little aggressive. Do you understand? There's three types of men in this world. The sheep, the wolf, and the uh, sheepdog. Thank you. Three types of men. The sheep, that's the weak. That's the ones that don't stand up. That's the ones that don't act like a man when it's time to act like a man. The wolf, that's the evil man. That's the one that comes in and attacks the sheep, right? And the sheepdog's the one that doesn't allow anything to happen to his family or his wife. He steps up and he kicks the wolf out. Be a sheepdog. Be strong. Kind of similar to be like a man, right? I mean, be strong. Be strong in the Lord, though, is what I want to say. Study your word. Study your word. As a husband, you need to stay in your Bible constantly and study that word. Be strong in the Lord, okay? And then love. We're going to come back to love because I've got a lot to talk about with love, okay? So we're going to go, let's go to Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. We're going to expand, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get to love. I'm sorry. I thought I was coming back, but we're going to go ahead and talk about it right now. This word love, <laughs> I've said this a lot. You know, a lot of y'all, you take this word love, and you know, you know I, I, I love, you know, I love Christmas. I love strawberry cake. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I love bang energy drinks, okay? I love vacations, okay? We use this word, and this word's been tossed around so much. It's been used so much. That's not the love that Paul's talking about, though, right here in Ephesians, when he says, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. I did a study on this. I was telling Jay Harrison about that this morning. I actually went and looked up what the Greek word was for love, and there's actually three words that describe it. The first one is eris. Eris. Don't ask me to spell it. I wrote it down how it sounded. <laughs> Literally, A-I-R-U-S, eris. That's how I wrote it down. <laughs> which means a physical, laughing at me, which means a physical love. Physical love by a vow. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, let's get back on track. Okay, so that's a physical love. That is, as a man, if you, if you heiress a woman, you, you want to physically be with the woman. I'm not going to go any further than that. Y'all understand what I'm saying there? That's heiress, okay? That's heiress. Uh, the other one is phileo, F-I-L-L-A-O. Phileo, this is like, like I love my brother. That's, that's a friendly love, right? Like my brother, you know, when I go through and I hug all y'all and I tell you I love you, I'm loving you like phileo, okay? That's how I love you, all right? You my brother, you my sister in Christ, I love you, okay? I phileo, phileo you, okay? <laughs> but then the third one, and y'all will know this one, agape. And I spelled that one right. Yes, thank you, Agape. Guys, agape is the highest form of love that's ever possible. This is the love that Paul is describing here in Ephesians 5.25. The biblical definition of agape love is passionately and righteously pursuing the well-being of another. And I want to add something to the end of that. Passionately and righteously pursuing the well-being of another 
regardless of what you receive back in return. That's agape love. That's how God loves us. He loves us beyond measure, even though we keep messing up and keep screwing up and keep doing things wrong and keep ticking him off. And, you know, it just goes on and on, but he still loves us. And we don't ever give anything back, right? How many times do we not give stuff back? He loves us. He blesses us with these things. Let me ask you this. How many times, because I'm bad guilty of this, you know, I'll be at the store. We'll have this big day at at, at the store, and, and I leave, and I don't even thank him. How many times do we do that? Something great happens in our life. Something excellent. You get that promotion at work. You know, you, you, as a kid, you know, you get that part in the play or, you know, you score the touchdown or whatever it may be. And we, we forget the first thing we need to do is praise him. We need to give back to him. But, men, that's how we got to love our wives. Agape. Passionately. Beyond measure. Regardless of what they give back to us. So husbands, don't look at your wives as sexual objects. Don't love them like a friend. You should love your wife in such a way that your main objective is to meet their needs regardless of what you receive in return. So husbands, you should agape your wives just as Christ agape the church. How much did Jesus Christ love the church? To death. To death. So husbands, if you're still breathing, you better be loving. I have men come to me all the time say my wife is hard to love. She is rebellious. She has a bad attitude. She doesn't respect me. She is my enemy. Well, guess what, men? The Bible tells you to love your enemy too. (laughs) You have no way out of loving your wives. (laughs) Love your wife as Christ loves the church. Here's the thing, guys. You do the same thing to your heavenly father that loves you. You know, you, there's a lot of times we don't respect him. Like I said, we were talking about how we don't give him praise. Well, then there's a lot of times that we hear him. He says, don't do that. And we do it anyway. There's a lot of times we disrespect our father. There's a lot of times, I'm not going to say he's going to look at us as an enemy, but there's a lot of times we allow the enemy to take over. But he still loves us. He still loves us. That's how we have to love our wives. That's how Christ loves the church. And that's how we have to love our wives. The last thing I want to point out about this verse, and it's very important, and I need you all to take it home today. Christ loves the church. This love that we're talking about, the way that Christ loves the church, there's no abuse there. There's no physical or emotional abuse or verbal abuse. Christ loves the church. He's he's not going to come beat you if you do wrong. He's not going to beat you if you spend too much money. He's not going to beat you if you come home and 
you've let your spouse down, Christ will never beat you. So a husband should never beat his wife. Ladies, I need y'all to understand something. And I'm fixing to get to this a little bit more. In fact, let's just go to it. Let's go to Ephesians 5.23. We're going to go back. Okay, we were at 5.25, now we're at 5.23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Okay. I know some of you ladies don't like this verse because it's all about submission. It's that word submission. We're going to talk a lot about that next week with Warrior Wife, so I'm not going to get into a whole lot of it today. But here's the thing. I understand why some of you don't like that verse. I get it. Some of you may have had a, a father who was abusive, a husband, ex-husband that was abusive. You may have a husband now that's abusive. Ladies, I need you to understand something right now. That will not be tolerated from the leadership at this church. If you are, and your spouse are having trouble and there's been abuse, number one, I need you to understand, God can fix it. Don't give up. God can fix it. Number two, I need you to understand, come see us. Let us help you. There is one thing that your pastor will absolutely not tolerate, and that's a woman getting abused. And I need that to reflect to this congregation. That is out of line. That is out of the boundaries of the marriage covenant. It is not allowed. I want you to notice in this verse, we're the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. That's a high standard to live up to, gentlemen. It's a high standard. In fact, it's impossible, but we should strive for it. This is how we should think about how we need to lead our wives, be the head of our wives is the same way that Christ is the head of the church. Christ leaves this church in a perfect way. The problem is, is our own flesh gets in the way and screws it all up. Well, sometimes your wife's flesh gets in the way and she may screw something up. But again, it goes back to we're going to love her just like Christ loves the church. The second word I want you to notice from this is the word head, okay? Head uh, is another word that, uh, that means headship, okay? Um, in other words, a man has headship over his wife. Headship in the Bible means governing authority or leader. So a husband is called to lead his wife. So men, I need you to catch this. Uh, with this headship comes the authority of being in charge of your wife. And because of this authority, you get to take ownership of all of your wife's victories, but also all of her defeats. You take ownership of that. You stand by your woman. When I counsel husbands, I mentioned that uh, they're to take ownership of these issues that, you know, the mistakes and so forth that their wife has made. And I have so many of them say, but Micah, you know, my wife won't listen to me. If I would have known she was this crazy, I wouldn't have married her. That's your own fault. You should have dated her longer. <laughs> she always been that way. Okay? Mama girl always been that way. Doesn't matter. 
Okay, I promise you. you know, I, I love it when I hear that. Like people tell me, like, Mike, I didn't know she was like that. Yeah, well, listen, again, either you didn't date her long enough or you're blind. Like seriously, it's one or the other. Listen, all, mm. I'm going to say this. Hang on, I'm going to start. <laughs> Let me just tell this story. Okay, so, 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 so you ladies, I'm going to say this. Y'all are good at hiding your flaws. Because see, when y'all want us to marry you, like y'all perfect, you, you, you know, you'll watch a football game. You do all these things because you're just trying to get a ring on your finger. And then it's like after we put that ring on the finger, some flaws start to come out. That's why I tell people short engagement, get married quickly, because I'm telling you. And flaws going to come out, there's going to be some issues, but it, it does, it reminds me, there was this man one time, and, and he went to the opera, and there was this beautiful woman singing opera, beautiful woman, beautiful voice, most beautiful voice in the world. The voice is what attracted him, right? Like, that was the main thing. He's like, oh my gosh, that beautiful voice. And then he sees her, and she's this beautiful woman, right? So anyway, so he, he gets the courage, and after the concert, he goes up, and he talks to her, and so forth, and, and she decides she's going to go have coffee with him. So they go have coffee, and it turns into this world, uh, worldwide romance, and everything's just excellent excellent, and so forth, and they end up getting married. They get married, okay? So they get married, and first night after they get married, wedding night, they get back to the room, and, 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 the, and the lady's standing there, and she takes wig off. His bald head. I mean, the moonlight was just, just gleaming off of it. And then she takes out her eye, puts it up on the counter, Takes out her false teeth. Puts it over on the side of the bed. Still got food in it. <laughs> then she pulls off her wooden leg. She lays it into the bed. The man looks there and says, sing, woman, sing. <laughs> That's what you ladies do. Y'all hide these flaws. And then it comes out. And it scares the mess out of us. All kidding aside, men, you need to lead your wives. They want you to lead them. Am I right, ladies? Y'all want a man, a godly man that's going to lead you. If you lead your wife like Jesus leads the church, like this verse says, she'll fall into place under your authority because you are falling in place with God's authority. I learn this all the time when I sit down with women and, I, and I, I'm counseling couples and they're going through some problems. And the first thing that I honestly do, and, and, and some of you men know this, y'all mad at me too, because I, I do it every time. I, I look at it and I'm trying to I ask the man the questions. I don't ask the woman the questions. I'm trying to figure out, are you leading the house the right way? Are you loving your wife like Christ loves the church? And then I always ask the wife, if he led you this way, like Christ leads the church, if he, if he prays with you, if he loves on you, and, and he loves you with agape love, and he loves you like Christ loves the church, won't you be submissive to him? Yes, every time. Amen. Not one time have I heard a, a woman say no. Never heard that. Yes, if he'll do that, I'll follow. Amen. Men, it's our job to lead. You, you know, I'm learning this <laughs> more and more every day. Um, ladies, it's built in their system. that They react. They react to things. They'll react to great leadership. 
They'll follow that. Lead you home, lead your wife, lead your marriage, like Christ leads the church. I didn't get this verse up here because I caught it later on, but in Ephesians 5.26, a warrior husband is also called to be his wife's sanctifier. The biblical definition of sanctifier, excuse me, biblical definition of sanctifier is to set something apart and to make it special. We just had Christmas. Who in here watched the movie A Christmas Story? It's like one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. If you're not raising your hand, you never turn your TV on. It's on every channel. Every channel. Okay, so sanctification, sanctifying something like, you know, like, baby, I love you more than every woman in the world. So I'm going to sanctify you. I'm going to put you above everything, right? Okay, y'all remember when, when the dad in, in a Christmas story got a package that said fragile on it? <laughs> and they opened it up, and it said leg lamp. He was so excited about that leg lamp. And he put it in the front window, right? He sanctified that leg lamp. That's what we're supposed to do with our wives. But not a leg lamp. Like <laughs> our wives, right? But he, he was so excited. We should be the same way. Do y'all remember how excited he was when he opened that box and he was throwing that hay everywhere and, and he got that leg out and he's all excited? And that's the ugliest thing I've seen in my life, but he was so excited. We should be that way about our wives. We should be that excited to put our wives on a pedestal so everybody can see how much you love them. Man, I don't think I have to go around this room and ask who's guilty of not doing that. Because we all are. We all are. You may sanctify her from time to time. But we're human. We have flesh. And we get comfortable. And don't do it as much as we should. Am I right? These men are looking at me like, dude, you're on your own. If you think you've married the wrong woman, I get this a lot. My God, I just married the wrong woman. God's got somebody else out there for me. You know, I always tell them, we'll start treating her like the right woman. Start sanctifying her and see what happens. I, I, I want to, I'm going to give you all a few pointers, men, on sanctification, how to sanctify your wife. I got five things I want to bring up. Say or do something special every day and expect nothing in return. Baby, you're beautiful. You look great today. Love your hair. You know, I do this because I think this is what makes her more happy than anything. Like, baby, that's some good-looking shoes you got on. <laughs> no, nothing about them shoes. Man, I'm, I'm trying to get you to go something. It doesn't matter what you know. Just know what she likes. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and brag about it. Brag about it. <laughs> baby, let me finish washing the dishes. Let me help you with supper. You know, guys, most importantly, just tell her you love her. Just tell her you love her. It's another thing I ask all the time in counseling. When's the last time you looked at your wife right in the eyes and just told her you loved her? Should never be more than 24 hours. Do something creative once a month. Uh, quit being so predictable. I am extremely guilty of this. Quit being so predictable. I'm a creature of habit. Okay, I like to do the same thing over and over again. But we need to surprise our wives. Surprise her with a date night. Cook her dinner. That would definitely surprise my wife. I came in and cooked the dinner. Like for sure, you know. Leave her a love note, not a text. Too easy. Leave her a love note. Ooh, some of these ladies are like, mm-hmm, yeah, thank y'all. That's what I'm talking about. 
Trust me, I talked to my wife about this, okay? So, yeah, leave a love note. You know, text way too easy. Write a handwritten note to her. Even if you can't spell Greek words, it's okay. (laughs) You're such a jerk. (laughs) And to think I just had them give you a round of applause beforehand. (laughs) We need Nick back. Nick, come back. Nick, come back. Once every two to three months, give her away, (laughs) give, give her time away from the kids and you. That's not funny. <laughs> Give her a spa day, a girl's night out. I'm not even going to look anymore. <laughs> this, this one is what Amanda likes. Give her a night alone at the house with no kids and you. Get out. Like, that's what she likes. Just sit back, watch her own TV shows. Ain't got, you ain't got to hear mom, 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 mom. Like, how often do y'all hear that, ladies? Y'all hear that a lot? Just a few times? Yeah, seriously. Drives me nuts. Number four, treat her as an equal. Include her in your decisions. That's huge, guys. We think we know everything. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. My wife has helped me make some decisions that I would have made the opposite of just because I asked. Ask your wife these questions. Include her. She is your partner. She is your partner. You know, baby, how should we invest this money? How should we save money? How should I handle this situation at work? Ask her those questions. Make her feel as your equal, because she is. Yeah, yeah, she's supposed to be submissive to the husband, but there's a difference here. Man and wife are equal, okay? Husband, wife, equal. In God's order, submission kicks in. Wife is under the husband. But, but in, in, in the world, man and wife, that's equal. They're partners, You understand? But God is a God of order. He has an order in everything, and that's where submission comes in. But you should treat your wife, okay? We're submissive to God. We're submissive to God. He he still treats us like his child in a good way. Like he doesn't come down on us. It's like we're partners. It's the same thing with husband and wife. Include your wife. Love her affectionately. Now, men, I'm not talking about sex. I know you don't want to hear this, but, but, but women need non-sexual affection. They need that. Very important. Hug her. Hold her hand. Cuddle with her. Amanda loves to cuddle at night. I don't like to cuddle when I sleep. I don't touch me. I get really hot. But every night, I start by cuddling my wife. Now, you know, by the end of the night, I'm, I'm on the other side. But I always start by cuddling my wife because I know she likes that. And she needs that. Now, again, this goes back to do this without expecting something, men. I know that's hard. Like, I get it. I'm a dude. Don't get mad at me. Speaking from experience, you know, like cuddling is not an invitation. You just love on them. That's what you do. But men, think about that. I'm being serious. So I really am being serious. Am I right, women? Y'all need unsexual affection. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, enough of that. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> 1 Peter 3, 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, 
excuse me, weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. See where I got equal partner from? Y'all follow me now? Y'all thought I was lying. See, it's biblical, okay? Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered, okay? A warrior husband is called to understand their wife. Now, that's hard. I, I, I grew up with two sisters and no brothers, I live with four women, okay? I'm in a business where I deal with ladies every day. I don't understand them, okay? But I'm getting better. I'm getting better because God is helping me get better, okay? There was, <laughs> there was a surfer, uh, this dude, he was from California, he's surfing. One day he was at the beach, he was surfing, and he come up and he sees this something gleaming in, in, in the sunlight, and he goes over and he picks it up and it's a lamp, right? And he rubs the lamp, and this genie comes out. Genie comes out and he says, you know, I'm, I'm not, you're now my master or whatever. I don't know. He said something like that. And, and the guy says, all right, so I get three wishes. He said, no, I'm not that kind of genie. He said, you know, economy's bad. You only get one, one wish, okay? <laughs> so the man was like, all right, well, here's what I would, I've always, now remember, he's in California, right? Okay, so he said, I've always wanted to surf in Hawaii. And he's like, but, but I'm scared to death to fly. I can't fly. I'm scared of heights. Don't want to do that. He said, so I need you. I, I want to wish for you to build me a bridge from California all the way to Hawaii so I can drive over there and I can, I can surf in Hawaii. Jeannie's like, man, you, you need to think about this. That's a lot of work, you know, to try and get concrete pillars that deep over the ocean to, to raise up. You know what I'm saying? Like, how deep's the ocean? Miles and miles, right? Am I right? I'm not stupid there, right? Like, miles and miles. Any scientists in here? Can, can help me out? Okay, thank you. So, so he, the genie's trying to tell him, like, this is impossible. It can't happen. He said, wish for something else. So the man sat there for a minute, and he said, you know, I've been married five times. Been divorced five times. I just don't understand women. I'd like to wish to understand women. And the genie looked at him, and he said, you want that bridge to be two lanes or four lanes? <laughs> Understanding women's hard to do, guys, but the thing is, it's not impossible. I want you to think about this, guys. When you're working on your car, you're repairing a car, you don't know exactly what to do, you, you, you study it. You get on YouTube, buy a book, you study how to fix the car. If you're a big hunter, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, you, whatever animal you're hunting, you, you, you study their characteristics and so forth, and, and you figure out how to go hunt this animal. Study your wife. Study your wife. What's, what, what makes her click? What are the things that she pays more attention to? What are the things that she loves that you don't love? What makes her click? Study your wife. The best way that you can do this is just by simply listening to your wife. Um, and it's not hard because women like to talk. Amen. And notice I said they don't like to listen. They like to talk. And it's our jobs, guys. Like, that's what we, we need to notice. Sometimes women like to talk, and they just want us to listen. Just listen. So many times we try to start talking back. Don't talk back. Just listen. But don't y'all notice sometimes they start talking at the worst time? Like the worst time. It'll be a cowboy game on, fourth quarter, two-minute warning. 
Dak's driving down the field. He done threw three interceptions. But at the end of the game, man, he's looking good. Now he's he can go down there and score. And, and you know, she comes in and she's I got something I need to talk to you about. I'm like, oh, really? She don't, she's not watching today. We're good. You know, but when ladies do that, that's where that warrior husband, he disappears, you know, because that's, that's just hard to, to, to do. But so here's what you got to do, guys. You need to figure out if you want your time, you need to put time aside for her. If you put time aside for her to listen to her and to visit with her and to help her and to counsel and you know, if you have that time and you schedule that time, and it's so important you do that. I need y'all to think about this, man. How many of y'all, with well, no show of hands, but how many of y'all have a certain time of the day that you get in your Bible, you get with God, you pray, you have a certain time of the day. It's a scheduled appointment. But you can't set time aside every day to go listen to your wife and love on your wife. That's a problem. That's a problem. God is your partner, but down here he's giving you another partner. And we're not scheduling the time to just sit down and listen to them. If you do that, they may not interrupt you during the football game. All wives, they have an emotional need. Um, <laughs> men, if you remember when you first started dating your wife, uh, you, you, you tried to win her over. See, so see, that's the thing. See, we, we did that. You paid attention to these tendencies. And, you know, he's like, oh, you know, she's good looking. I got to figure out how I can date her. You know, and you start bringing her flowers, you know, and you, you ask her out to eat. And, you know, what's funny is most times they don't even like you. Like, my wife didn't like me at all the first time she ever saw me. She saw me, she's like, that boy ugly. I don't want nothing to do with him. <laughs> and then I started bringing her some flowers, wrote her a couple notes, and she was like, you know, well, he's all right, you know. And then, then, then we, you know, started dating a little longer and took her to the movies and everything. She was like, yeah, you know, I might could like this guy. That second date, she was in love, though. See, that's the thing. I mean, she <laughs> just, it took, but, but anyway, you know, men, listen, but seriously, guys, I need you to catch this. Like, when you first started dating, you were trying everything you could to win her over. Don't quit dating her. Yeah, I should hear more women say amen to that. Y'all are quiet. Are y'all scared of your husbands? Like, seriously, like, Quit, don't quit dating your wife, guys. That's big. And we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. We get comfortable. I get it. I understand. Something we got to do better about. We took the effort to, to, to woo these women, you know, ones we wanted to marry. You know, you, 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 again, you, you did all these things. You even, you know, you watch movies and TV shows that they like that you can't stand. How many of you men have seen Pride and Prejudice? How many of you women have seen Pride and Prejudice? Mm-hmm. I've watched it a bunch because Amanda loves it. I ain't going to lie. It's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. I kind of like it, too. <laughs> I like Renaissance time. I'm just saying it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. What about Notebook? Any of you men had to watch a Notebook? That's the worst movie ever. You got two old people dying at the end together. Like, that's terrible. Who wants to do that? Like, seriously, man. Awful. Broke my dang heart. If you want your wife to pay more attention to your needs, start giving the same effort to her, guys. I mean, that's... Yeah. We got to try and start winning them over again, just like we did in the very beginning. Okay. 
Last and most important, a warrior husband is called to be his wife's spiritual leader. I said earlier, our wives want us to lead, men. They want us to. Trust me, I promise you, they do. And if you feel like she doesn't, it's probably because you had not been leading. And she feels like she's got to step up and do it. Talk to your wife about things that you're studying in the Bible. Lead her to church. Encourage her. That's a great way to lead, man. When you know your wife's going through a struggle, that's the time that you step up. Whether they want to hear it or not, step up and encourage them. Pray with your wife. Pray with your wife. I know y'all get tired of me, men, saying this all the time, but I promise you, change marriage. Change your life. Pray with your wife. And you lead the prayer. Lead. Lead. You don't have to always. But in the beginning, you lead it. And every once in a while, God may say, hey, get your wife to pray. Let her pray. Share with her in that moment. Let her see the equal that, that you have there in that, in that covenant. But you need to be leading it most of the time. Pray over your wife. Pray life over your wife. Love, joy, peace, harmony, protection over her. Pray over your wife. I do it every day. Every day I pray over my wife. Men, you got to do it. It takes 30 seconds. And it shows her that she's the most important thing on this earth to you. Pray joy over her. Protection. Do the same thing with your kids, but we'll get to that in a couple weeks. It's a little, little different way I like to do that. There's one thing you must do before any of these other things we talked about today in order to be a strong Christian warrior husband. This one's going to get me. Men, you have to break. You have to break. I'm going to explain that. Can't be hard. Can't be this hard, tough man. If you want to be a warrior husband, you got to break. You have to be vulnerable to God. If you'll break, you'll be a warrior husband. But it ain't going to happen until you do that. You know, I, I think I was a pretty good husband 10, 11 years ago. I think I was a pretty good husband. I think I was a pretty good father. But when I broke, I realized I sucked. I started to realize how selfish I was. I wasn't praying over my wife. I wasn't praying over my children. Wasn't praying with them. Wasn't leading them to church. Wasn't encouraging them. Yeah, I was bringing home the money. I was teaching them the social part of life. I thought I was leading spiritually just because we went to church every other Sunday. 
You know, and I look back on that stuff now, guys, and that's my motivation. It's my motivation to do better. And I need you to understand something. That's not condemnation, that's motivation. When you can take a look at your past and how bad it was, but it keeps you from going back there, that's not condemnation, that is motivation. And there's nothing wrong with that. You need to take it and you need to run with it. But men, you need to break. How many women in here would love to see their wives? Don't, no show of hands. That would have been bad. But I know you women want to see us break. I know you do. 